Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could tune in. And those of you who've been our listeners for a while know that we cover topics like energy, water, waste, food, all of these sustainability topics that um, are going to be impacted by climate change if they're not already, all of these sustainability topics that include cool technology. But every once in a while, we have a show where if you did a Venn diagram of all those different topics, they all go together in some technologies and with some companies and with some solutions. And that's what we're doing today. We're going to be talking with Kristen Blake from Energia, and they have some really awesome technology. And it allows them to solve problems in the waste world, in the energy world, uh, save some water, and also deal with air quality, uh, even food waste. It's so exciting to bring all of those things into one show and to talk about what what they've got going. Just recently, I saw a press release that reports that there's renewable natural gas, RNG, that's produced from diverted landfill waste that's now flowing into SoCal Gas's pipeline systems. And it's coming from Energia's Rialto Bioenergy Facility. And I'm so excited to talk with Kristen Blake about this project. Welcome to Go Green Radio, Kristen. Hi, Jill. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm very excited to be speaking with you and, and to your audience. Me too. And and just so you know, Kristen, my audience is much like me. We're super geeky. We love technology. We love talking about this stuff. So let's dive deep. Let's start with this question, Kristen. What is the source of the diverted land waste, uh, landfill waste that's coming into your Rialto bioenergy facility? Where is it coming from? According to the California Department of Resources, Recycling, and Recovery, which everyone probably knows more so as CalRecycle, Californians throw away nearly 6 million tons of food scraps and food waste every year. And this actually represents about 18% of all the material that goes to landfills. So the diverted landfill waste is actually organic waste uh, that's coming from restaurants, businesses, and in some cases, residences that is separated um, from the waste stream by our technology called an organics extrusion press, which is abbreviated as the Orex technology. Mm -hmm. And the landfill waste uh, that, that specifically is creating this renewable natural gas, is it a, a local landfill around the facility? Where is that? Uh, what's the source of that landfill waste that you guys are turning into RNG down there in SoCal? So the waste is coming from various communities in the greater Southern California region. Um, how it works is that the the waste is coming from uh, transfer stations that have our technology installed, and they're picking up waste from other other businesses and restaurants and residences that would otherwise go to a landfill in California or maybe uh, you know into another state. But since it's 
now now going to our facility, it's getting turned into energy um, and then producing renewable natural gas. That's so awesome, Kristen. Now, I know this is a fairly new facility. So what was happening to that landfill waste before Energia's facility came online? I mean, um, obviously it was going to landfills, but, you know, what, you know, what was happening to all that stuff? Yeah, so the material was going to landfills, and with the material, this organic waste going into landfills, it's generating a potent greenhouse gas called methane, which is 84 times more potent than carbon dioxide. So uh, not only is the organic waste, again, because it's taking up 18% of all the material going to landfill and taking up that space. So not only is it taking up space in the ground, but it's also generating a harmful greenhouse gas. And, you know, with California's SB 1383 and low carbon fuel standard regulations in place, this material, now that it's being diverted from the landfill, is being uh, utilized in a way that can further help the climate and the environment. Love it. Boy, this is exciting. And, you know, a lot of our <laughs> listeners really like hearing about, you know, companies that are coming up with technological solutions for these big problems that we're facing. So I, I know they're going to be excited to hear more as we dive into the nitty gritty. But when the renewable natural, ga- natural gas or the RNG enters the SoCal gas pipeline, is it mixed in with traditional natural gas or are there special pipelines for RNG? How does that work? When we were, uh, you know, building this facility and we had SoCal gas interested in the renewable natural gas that was being produced from the facility uh, as part of um, requirements, SoCal gas actually built a separate pipeline for the RNG. So it's not being mixed with natural gas. It is a special renewable energy, renewable natural gas pipeline for where the RNG is being distributed into the grid from. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Good to know. I have a feeling that we're, you know, we've got listeners all over the world, but we have a lot of listeners in California as well. And I am sure that there are people out there, especially those who are in some way associated with municipal solid waste. And they're thinking, wow, wish we had this kind of a solution somewhere near our landfills. Because as we all know, uh, California, it has a housing crisis. Nobody wants to build new landfills. We're trying to build new residences for all the people who want to live here. And so it's not like the state is building new landfills and the ones we've got are aging. Um, And so I would like to know how much landfill waste can an Energia facility process in a day? Like, what's your capacity? If we had more of your facilities, what what could we look forward to um, if we put these in other places? How much can you process? Absolutely. I actually come from the Northeast where landfill space is uh, quite limited. Landfills are being capped and closing and California is a very large state. And like you said, there's a housing crisis and, um, you know, if we can minimize you know, how much we're putting into landfills, the better. Uh, Our facility is able to take 700 tons of organic waste diverted from the landfill 
plus the addition of 300 tons of biosolids that are from wastewater treatment plants, totaling 1,000 tons per day of material at our facility being processed. And our facility, as a result, it's, you know, the material is going into the anaerobic digestion technology. It's being processed and cleaned for uh, digested, which is then being turned into fertilizer. And then we have the other output, which is renewable natural gas. And the renewable natural gas can be at the, you know, on an annual scale, uh, the facility generates 985,000 MMBTUs a year of RNG. And that's a total of around 3,000 tons of waste from local landfills and biosolids uh, and biosolids from regional wastewater treatment plants. Wow. Now, give that to us again. Based on that data of how much your facility can process in a day, how much RNG is, can one of your facilities generate in a day? Uh, and 985,000 uh, MBEM BTUs of a year of RNG. And that is uh, also decreasing greenhouse gas emissions by 220,000 metric tons, which is the equivalent of removing 47,500,000 passenger cars from the road. Holy cow, that's significant. And, you know, another thing I keep thinking about is, uh, you know, cities in California and and area counties, everybody's working on their climate action plans. Um, it's required, AB 32 passed back in 2006 here in the state of California. And one of the upshots of that piece of legislation was climate action plans at the local level. And I can only imagine how much having a facility like this in a, a, a local area is helping them to meet their greenhouse gas emission reduction goals and, uh, you know, some of the other components of a climate action plan. That's that's a lot of value add. Now, I, I'm wondering, you know, you've got this new Rialto bioenergy facility down there in the Southern California area. Does it take other materials besides landfill waste? Yes, it does. So it takes 300 tons of biosolids from local wastewater treatment plants. And biosolids, uh, traditionally, and I've worked at other, other companies in the wastewater treatment space, uh, the biosolids can either be dried out and sent to a landfill or they can be incinerated. So what's exciting about the Rialto Bioenergy facilities, instead of causing further, uh, you know, greenhouse gas emissions, the facility is taking those biosolids and combining it with the organic waste. Um, so 300 tons a day of biosolids. We have 700 tons of organic waste. We're able to transform that into renewable energy, uh, recover water that is discharged into a local stream, and then, uh, you know, creating the, the RNG and fertilizer. Um, the Rialto Bioenergy Facility is just one facility, right, in California. Mm-hmm. And Energia is a, a global company. Um, and what the founder, Andrew Benedict, has done is he's taken the European expertise that's been developed over the past two decades 
um, from a, a company that we acquired and is now applying it to the United States and Canada. And we're able to have Rialto Bioenergy Facility as our flagship site, but our hope is and plan is to bring this technology to other locations across the across the country, across the continent. Um, you know, this technology is exciting. Um, we're employing, you know, locals, and uh, it's having an important impact on the communities and the environment. And to mm-hmm. be able to replicate that elsewhere uh, will have such an impact. It sure will. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have so much more to discuss with Kristen Blake from Energia. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. And if you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Kristen Blake. She is with a company called Energia, and they have some really exciting new technology um, that we're discussing today. They just had a, a big announcement recently that they're able to supply renewable natural gas straight into the Southern California gas pipelines. Uh, And it comes from their Rialto bioenergy plant. And in the first segment, we were talking a little bit about that plant. Now I want to dive into to some of the technology that's involved. Let's talk about Energia's Organics 
Extrusion Press or Orex. Um, so, Kristen, talk to us. If um, municipal solid waste is run through Orex, what happens? What does it do? So, the Orex is quite an exciting technology. And, you know, I've been in the waste and environmental solutions industry for almost going on seven years now, and I haven't seen anything like it. Um, the Orex, the Organics Extrusion Press, is exactly that. You're, you're pressing out organics. Um, it works very similarly to our garlic press. So our, you know, our technology, um, you know, it's a little, a little setup that usually um, gets installed in a building and the waste, uh, whether it's organics, uh, source-separated organics or municipal solid waste, enters our, enters our technology, enters the Orex, and it gets compressed. So all of the wet fraction, the wet gunk, drops from the bottom, it's pressed out, similar to if you were pressing out garlic, you get all that good stuff, the goodness, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. um, and you're separating out the wet fraction from the dry fraction, from the plastics, from the metal, from the paper. Gotcha. And when we're talking about using the Orex, and I'm thinking just in the municipal solid waste you know, application. What are the benefits of using the Orex in conjunction with maybe other technologies that that deal with municipal solid waste? So what's great about the Orex is you're able to separate out, you're able to go further into the waste stream and and separate the waste stream. Um, You know, traditionally, if you're sending waste to a landfill, you're not separating out the plastic, you're not separating out the metal or the paper. Um, the, the Orex is able to get out the maybe half-eaten yogurt um, in a yogurt, yogurt container. Um, it's able to separate out plastics. Um, and some may say, well, that's not enough. Well, you're right. That isn't enough because there's a, when the waste, um, you know, the wet fraction is removed from the, the dry fraction, it, it continues to go through additional polishing systems to really, to really clean the wet fraction and remove out any other particulate matter. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now, I know that there's an anaerobic digester component that can be, um, you know, associated with the Orex. What's the benefit of running material through an Orex or through the Orex before it goes into an anaerobic digester? Well, we want, you know, the, we have bugs. What I love about anaerobic digestion is that you're using nature, right? You're using microbes mm-hmm. and bugs to break down material, very similar to how the gut works in the human body. And um, these bugs aren't going to want to eat plastic or paper or metal or whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the benefit of using the Orax is you're really extracting the, the gold part of the waste stream for the anaerobic digester, digestion unit um, for optimal digesting. And, you know, with a community that's trying to work towards uh, meet any type of regulation, 
extracting that wet fraction is important because then by cleaning, getting a clean, wet waste stream, you're having better digestion in the AD unit, which then creates better fertilizer, better outputs like fertilizer and renewable natural gas and, and clean water. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Now, Kristen, I know uh, where you've been employed before, and you know that I have <laughs> been through transfer stations and waste energy facilities all over this great land of ours. I've been uh, in facilities in multiple states. And no matter how hard we all work to help residents and businesses separate their trash from their recycling from their organics waste it's it's very rare that you find an uncontaminated load when you know the the local waste hauler trucks go around to pick up those three streams so what happens if a variety of waste streams get fed into the oryx let's say for instance that if municipal solid waste food waste garden waste and wet commercial waste all go in what happens? We love all of that waste. The Oryx loves all of that <laughs> waste, Jill. Uh, and in fact, for when you're thinking about collection methods, uh, you know, you can go one bin, two bins, three bins. Some communities will have organics separated out completely. Other communities will mix their organic waste with their yard waste. And then there's the option of doing a black bin with with all waste streams and just separating out the plastics. The thing is, even though we as you know residents and and you know wanting to help the environment, we we do our best in separation. But there's always material that we're going to miss, um, or sometimes people just don't know what they can recycle or what to not put in the garbage, and vice versa. So the beauty of having a single bin and having the MSW, the food waste, the garden waste, whatever it is, um, the Oryx, by it going to an Oryx, the Oryx recovers all of that, all of that material um, that might otherwise still be going to a landfill um, if we're just separating organic waste. Um, the Oryx is able to process all that material and capture everything, all the wet fractions. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, I know that we started the show today talking about your bioenergy facility in Rialto, and that's exciting. But, you know, for municipalities that may be saying, you know what, we we don't have space to build a whole new facility like that one. Is it possible that the Oryx can be used in existing transfer stations or existing sites, um, or is it only used at standalone energy facilities? Absolutely. That's a great question. Uh, the beauty of the Orax is that it can be used at existing transfer stations. In fact, Energy is working with waste management in uh, at their Sun Valley Materials uh, Recovery Facility, their MRF. And then uh, we also recently signed a contract with Universal Waste Systems, who also has a transfer station in the greater L.A. area. Um, and so the Oryx is more of to complement existing transfer station capabilities, right, mm-hmm. and to help specifically California meet their SB 1383 requirements. Um, but 
in this isn't just specific to California. This can be used in the Northeast. It can be used in Canada, wherever there is a transfer station. And we know that they're across the country. Mm-hmm. And Orex, an Orex can go there to to complement the facility's, um, you know, operations. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we uh, we have our team is very. Uh, intelligent and technically equipped uh, and I've been so impressed I've been at Energia for uh, going on six months now I've been so impressed by how quickly they're able to get things running and uh, you know start helping communities with separating out their waste well that's cool and it's not a need that's going away anytime soon Um, and so that (laughs) that is a phenomenal service (laughs) now you know you mentioned SB 1383 and for I mean even if you live in California you may not know what this is but definitely people outside of California wouldn't know what this is but basically it's a piece of legislation that's going to be enforced beginning in January 2022 um, that requires uh, a, a new level of attention to food waste reduction. Uh, California already has mandatory recycling, and for you know many in many cases uh, mandatory organic separation. But this bill takes uh, food waste recovery um, and actually. Uh, edible food recovery to a whole new level and requires a lot of documentation on the part of municipalities in order to prove that they're in compliance. Now, Kristen, your website says that Orex is the lowest cost organics diversion from a landfill. There's no source separation required. So talk to us about how your technology can help California municipalities comply with SB 1383. The Orex, as you know, I mentioned, is able to process black bin waste. So you don't need to separate out your recyclables from your yard waste from your organic waste. The Orex is able to leverage uh, the technology and recover that material. So communities looking to comply with SB 1383 know that with the diversion requirements, 50% and then 75% in several years, um, you're able to measure how much organic waste and what fraction you're recovering from from the Orex. Um, and that lifts the burden from municipalities on figuring out, I'm sending this to a landfill, like how do I go about measuring this? Um, the Orex were able to recover that um, and and um, be able to, you know, really know that we're capturing all of the organic waste that's currently going into the bin um, and not missing out on on other material. Mm-hmm. Boy, that is helpful. And I can tell you, you know, I have taken students to uh, our local composting facility, which uses windrow technology, and it's a little bit embarrassing to see how sometimes when our community's trucks dump our quote-unquote organics waste there, how much contamination there is in this. There's plastic, there's all kinds of stuff, even though our waste hauler does a great job of trying to remove all of that. It's really tough. It's really, really tough. And so um, this kind of technology would help 
even the downstream folks at the composting facility have a much cleaner product to sell. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have much more to talk about. We're going to get into energy as wastewater treatment options. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. I want to help you guys check out Energia's website so you can kind of tool around on that while you listen to us. So Energia is spelled A-N-A-E-R-G-I-A. And if you go to Energia.com and click on what we do, you're going to see the different applications of their technology that we've been talking about. So up to now, we've been talking about what they do with municipal solid waste. We're going to switch gears now and talk about how they handle wastewater treatment options. So Kristen, let's start with your offerings for industrial wastewater. So your website lists food and beverage, dairy, animal processing, and distilleries as industries to which your technology can be applied. So give us an example, let's say, of how your technology would be beneficial to a food and beverage plant. The beauty of working at Energia is that we are a global company, right? So in California, we're very focused on our Rialto Bioenergy Facility, and then how can we complement existing infrastructure such as wastewater treatment plants or transfer stations with our technology? 
However, this is just in the state of California. We have a facility that we support in Toronto with their source-separated organics. Um, We are supporting a wastewater treatment plant in New Jersey. We have technology and facilities in Europe, um, specifically in Italy, across the UK, in Germany. And then we also have a presence in South Africa and in Asia, specifically Singapore. So while we have certain, we have all this technology and this technology can work best based on region, right? And because every region's needs are different. Our founder, Dr. Andrew Benedict, comes from the the water industry. Um, He developed a technology that was later sold to GE Water. So the beauty of Energia, while we have been talking about municipal solid waste, is that we also have this background in water. So when it comes to, say, industrial wastewater, like you said, with food and beverage, dairy, animal processing, whatever that sector may be, um, we can tailor our technology and solutions for the customer's needs. So for a food and beverage plant, uh, you know, maybe they're looking to recover discarded uh, waste from, uh, from the manufacturing process that they no longer need. Or if it's a beverage plant that has, again, discarded waste stream that they, they don't um, have any use for up front, Maybe we can use our technology for an anaerobic digestion unit um, that we will install our omnivore technology, which um, triples capacity of an existing anaerobic digestion unit into, uh, which is typically 2 to 3% capacity. And by installing an omnivore, that includes, increases capacity from 5 to 8%. Um, which wow. means that you're able to process more waste um, and then recover, um, you know, if, you're, if you've optimized it for renewable natural gas, you're getting more gas because your, your mixing technology is operating more efficiently. That's, that's pretty incredible. And I know that a lot of food and beverage plants are, well, I mean, they're, they're all trying to become more sustainable. They're trying to deal with their effluent materials in a more sustainable way. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Now, your website also mentions that at a typical wastewater treatment plant, biosolids that are left over after anaerobic digestion have historically been considered a waste stream that has to be discarded. And, and that means <laughs> money. Um, that equates to cost and liability. How does Energia create value from biosolids? Right, exactly. It can, you know, having this leftover biosolids does create uh, additional cost. Um, you know, do you want to incinerate it? Do you send it to a landfill? Um, biosolids are organic matter, so is there a way that we can look at this from material from a different perspective, right? And that's what another aspect that I love being in the environmental solutions industry is we're always looking to see what else can be done with waste instead of being a linear approach to waste management um, of all different waste streams, can we be more circular in our approach? So, for example, uh, biosolids, right, we are working with various 
communities. Uh, one example is the Victor Valley Water Reclamation Authority. And we have retrofitted their anaerobic digestion units that are, have the biosolids. Um, and instead of just sending them to a landfill or to uh, incineration, which some communities can do, we are able to process that material and generate renewable natural gas from it. Um, another option is taking biosolids and bringing them to a high diversion organics waste facility, which is what our Rialto bioenergy facility is, and doing and processing the biosolids further um, to create renewable natural gas and fertilizer. Because with anaerobic digestion, you do have leftover uh, cake, so to speak, to digest it, and mm-hmm. you need to do something with that. Um, and we're able to take, uh, through pyrolysis, able to take that material and treat it so that it's, you know, able to be used as a grade A fertilizer. Wow. You know, and, and I have taken students to wastewater treatment facilities, even ones that have anaerobic digestion going on, but um, <laughs> the the leftovers have not been treated that way. They, they've been kind of useless and actually put in open pits where I've, I've seen that, that happen with a little bit of ground cover. But um, that's, that's a way better solution, what you're talking about. And this, your, your technology converts wastewater material into renewable energy. Is that primarily through anaerobic digestion or is it in other ways as well? That's primarily through uh, anaerobic digestion, yes. Um, you know, the, the wastewater material goes through the AD unit um, and by utilizing, right, um, omnivore technology that I mentioned earlier, uh, we're able to increase the mixing capacity because you have some anaerobic digestion units that um, don't have optimal, optimal mixing capacity. Um, there is what's called active volume and it's not the material um, isn't being stirred. If you kind of think of your, I'm not a good baker, but when I do try to <laughs> bake, um, you know, I'm making cookies, I have the whisk, right? And I'm stirring right. and stirring, but there's still sometimes gunk stuck on the inside of the bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm missing out on that, on that material getting into my cookie mix, Um and so by utilizing omnivore technology and having more efficient mixing, you're then able to uh, get more biogas um, and process more material instead of it just sitting at the bottom or on the sides of the anaerobic digestion tank. That's so efficient. I want to pivot to Energia's solution for agri-food. So talk to us about some of the unique challenges in dealing with agricultural and animal feedstocks. Absolutely. And, you know, we work in our our German region, in Germany, we work very closely closely with farmers. Um, That is our key stakeholder out in Europe, specifically in Germany. And producing more with less is a real challenge for farmers these days. And farmers are, are interested in, you know, processing their waste, but how can they be more climate smart as they're going through this process? 
uh, slurry, manure are key elements of modern farms when it comes to managing nutrients and fertilizing systems. So uh, farmers are keen to think of, you know, what else can be done. Again, you know, thinking more from a shifting from a linear approach to waste uh, and more to a circular approach. Um, the main question that, that we often have farmers asking us and that you know, our business looks to address is how can we use the material that farmers already own to best support uh, an organic cycle for the farm? Um, and so with anaerobic digestion, uh, you want to make sure that your your unit is efficient. Um, are you mixing it? Um, and are you able to combine whatever various feedstocks into this unit for optimal digestion and then um, recovering the output? Uh, and what we encounter here in California or in Canada is different than what may be encountered as challenges in Germany or Italy or wherever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so specifically for farmers, they're looking to see how can I better utilize what my farm is producing um, to help my farm and, and the community. Love it. And and I want to ask you another question while we're on agri-food. How do Energia's plants compare with other anaerobic digesters for agri-food applications? Because I know that's been a technology that's used been used for a while, but how do your plants compare with those? That's a great question because when I started working at Energia, I wondered the same question. What is the difference? between our anaerobic digestion unit versus another company because, as you and I both know, I've worked at other companies that also have uh, anaerobic digestion and and wastewater treatment capabilities. Uh, Our company has been around um, for over 10 years, but we are comprised of other companies that have been in the industry for more than two decades and have delivered hundreds of turnkey anaerobic digestion projects around the world, right? We're a global company, um, and then just working with our customers on regional needs. And one product that uh, customers can speak to, and that I've noticed, is that we have what's the service box. Uh, The box is typically incorporated in the roofs of anaerobic digestion plants, and the beauty of these boxes is that it makes it very easy to uh, to address anything going on in the unit. Do we need to pull the mixer up? Do I need to measure what's happening uh, with what the capacity or the mixing volume is? So having these service boxes available uh, to customers is, is quite helpful, especially when it comes to agri-food feedstocks. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have so much more to talk about. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26 percent, 43 percent or 14 percent? 
Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. Glad that you could tune in. As a reminder, we're talking about a company called Energia today, and we've been joined by Kristen Blake. She's been talking us through their their really cutting-edge technology, and I want you guys to check out their website. Uh, Once again, Energia is spelled A-N-A-E-R. G-I-A. And if you go to energia.com, you can check out all that we've been talking about and so much more. Now, Kristen, I recently saw a press piece that said that you guys had purchased battery or, or yeah, battery storage, energy storage for the Rialto facility that's fairly new down in Southern California. Talk to us about how battery storage will impact the performance of that plant. Absolutely. So the The battery storage was part of a microgrid project uh, funded by the California Energy Commission. And the project consists of these batteries that we recently purchased and a biogas conditioning system to support uh, 2.0 megawatts of biogas fueled co-generation units. This will help our facility, if needed, operate independently from the grid if there ever Um, happens to be a grid outage Um, and further, you know, uh, supports the facility being self-sustainable and efficient um, based on, you know, making energy from the material um, and then being able to to store that energy in a battery should we need it um, later on down the road. That's so important. I mean, that kind of uh, resiliency and redundancy is so important. I mean, here in California, uh, we, you know, because of wildfires, sometimes uh, we have to shut the grid down or parts of it for certain periods of time. If there's high winds, there's a million reasons. I mean, even earthquakes and and other things that we may have to deal with can be disruptive to the grid. So having that on-site battery storage is so smart. It's so 21st century. Now, Energia also has a a heart. It's a, you know, a company that gives back. Talk to us about your partnership with High Desert Second Chance. High Desert Second Chance is a nonprofit organization dedicated to fighting food insecurity across the California, uh, Southern California region. And we recently uh, partnered with them to unveil a 1,400 square foot refrigeration unit that will store 100,000 pounds of fresh produce um, 
and help feed 3,000 local families every week. This, this partnership came as a result of a grant the Rialto Bioenergy Facility received from CalRecycle. And we donated this refrigeration unit to help store excess edible food. Um, you know, what I love about High Desert Second Chance is very much similar to Energia is they're committed to the community and sustainability um, by diverting this edible excess food from landfills and instead finding uh, finding residents that can use this food to feed their families um, and to keep their families healthy. I love that. I love to see companies partnering with, and this is such an immediate need. I mean, 2020 was so hard and a lot of families that used to contribute to these types of nonprofits have had to um, turn to those same nonprofits for help. And I, I'm really proud to see Energia working on such an important issue like hunger. That's awesome. You know, I want you to look into your crystal ball for a second, Kristen. <laughs> where do you see where do you see Energia operating five years from now? Are there specific parts of the U.S. or specific parts of the world that you think would be a particularly good fit for your company's technology? Well, in the United States, we have multiple installations. We have our Rialto Bioenergy Facility here in California. We're also looking to explore the Northeast. Uh, Our our company is growing. Um, we are, you know, are, we have this reliable technology, a reliable team to support municipalities, to support customers, and the company is growing. And the Northeast is a prime uh, location for this, um, especially as more states begin to come up with regulation that supports organic waste landfill diversion. Um, and also renewable energy. Uh, our technologies are able to, and our company is able to support municipal solid waste, wastewater, and energy sectors. Uh, so looking to the Northeast to, to support communities out there, you know, we're continuing to look at how we can support municipalities and towns and cities in Europe, um, as well as Asia. Um, again, regulation is an important factor because that encourages people to find solutions um, that we can then support them in finding those solutions and coming up with, with a plan uh, to help their communities and to help the environment because that's, mm-hmm. you know, what, that's core to energy in its business. Yep, absolutely. You know, Kristen, a lot of our listeners are students and they know they want to work in sustainability, but they, you know, they don't know what field, they don't know exactly what they should study, what they should pursue. What advice do you have for them? My advice for students is to try everything and anything. Um, The I did, I mean, it's been a while since I was in college, but I was an English major and I minored in environmental studies and sustainability. And I couldn't imagine being able to have married my passion for writing and connecting with people with my passion for helping the environment. And yet here I am, I've been in this industry again for nearly seven years and 
I like to think it's because I was open to trying all opportunities, all different avenues. Um, you know, you can be focused depending on what your background is on just being an engineer or just being a biologist. But the beauty of sustainability, because it reaches across social, the economy, and the environment, is that you can touch it, uh, touch sustainability from all different sectors. Um, And another thing is that I encourage you is to talk to people that are in this field. Um, They all have different backgrounds. Some people have very linear, you know, I went to school for this. This is what I'm doing. Other people have found that they ended up in sustainability when they weren't expecting it. Uh, anything is possible and to keep an open mind, see what you like, see what you don't like, um, and use that as research for, for what you end up finding out aligns best for you. Uh, again, so be open to possibility and, and try everything. That is, that's sage advice. And, and I think the hardest thing is for, you know, colleges are, are starting to help students connect with those kinds of opportunities to meet working professionals, but it doesn't happen so much for high school students. And that's actually one of the things that that my organization is trying to do, the Go Green Initiative, we have a program for high school students called Local Leaders of the 21st Century. And one of the components of that is meeting people who work in all different types of jobs within sustainability. And so, uh, you know, th- there is a void, uh, those kinds of opportunities, particularly for students that are in, um, you know, low-income urban communities that might be considered environmental justice communities or food desert communities. And that's where my nonprofit organization, the Go Green Initiative, goes first. Um, that's where we're trying to, to open up those doors. Kristen, in, in the final moments that we have left in the show, what parting thoughts would you like to leave with our listeners? That's a great question. What parting thoughts? Uh, it's been a great time connecting with you, Jill, and your audience. I would just like to leave with uh, the importance of collaboration. Um, We have one planet, and if we aren't taking care of it and working together to take care of it and to encourage um, encourage all ages for technology that can help uh, combat climate change, that can improve our soils, that can, you know, create more clean, safe water, drinking water for, mm-hmm. for residences, uh, residents. Um, this is all important work and it is. we can't get there on our own. It's, we have to work together. Absolutely. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you to our listeners. We'll be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. you get some terrific ideas from today's show please join us for more next friday at 9 a.m pacific time noon eastern time it's go green radio with jill buck here on voice america go green radio is proudly sponsored by covanta energy a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information we'll see you here next week